The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 229 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me today, your friend and mine, Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? That's that's senior correspondent Bill Lack. Senior I heard you guys last week talking about. I heard you guys talking about last week about how old you are, and you both could be my kids. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I needed that. I'm feeling a little bit old right now, so I needed that. Senior correspondent Bill Lack. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not you like so, that. Not so senior, but that's what we'll call you. Um, yeah. So senior anyway, in senior in age only. Age only. That's right. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Um, so this is uh, episode 229 of the podcast. We're rolling right along. And again, if you uh, haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, go do that. You can get us on iTunes, Stitch, or wherever you find us. You can go there and download it to whatever podcast app you've got. And uh, I want to begin this week by some of you have sent us some questions in past weeks. I've asked uh, if you had any questions you want us to address on the podcast, go ahead and, uh, and send those in. So we're going to we're gonna go with viewer mail first, even though nobody's viewing these. We're going to call it viewer mail. What do you think about that, Bill? You could say, I think listener mail would probably make more sense, but you know, you're the boss. At, at what point during this, all the times we've been doing this podcast, did you think I ever cared about making sense? <laughs> if, if we want to make sense, we'd be following a different theme. That's <laughs> exactly right. All right. Here's the first one. And I'm not sure that either of us can, can answer this, but um, I do want to address it because it's absolutely an issue. Aaron uh, Johnson wrote to us at Chad Dotson at redlegnation.com as you can. And said, uh, uh, he said some really nice things about Red Leg Nation Radio. Thanks for all the kind words. But then he says, uh, it seems like the Reds have no problem developing and acquiring a squad of MLB fielders, but they just can't acquire or develop pitchers for the starting rotation. Prospect, the prospects and acquired talent are three true outcome players in the Reds organization. Injured, busted, or destined for the bullpen. That's pretty good, Aaron. Um, can you guys help me understand if this is an organizational issue or just a statistical anomaly? Uh, problem seems to span a lifetime of this organization, whereas the filthy Cardinals pull out a new prospect every time a ligament pops. So uh, that's a good question, uh, Aaron. I'm not sure we can give a, a perfect answer to it, but I think we have some thoughts on it. Uh, I think it's absolutely an organizational issue, wouldn't you say, Bill? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For one thing, it's a very well-written question. He ought to be writing for us. Yeah, really, Aaron. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah. We don't want questions. We want columns. Um, but before he said, before he signed his, before he signed his name, he said, "Sorry for the bad grammar, disjointed email. It's just before six a.m. and I didn't edit." Wow, that's before editing. Good work, Aaron. Uh, I probably, he's probably like working on like one cup of coffee. All right, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I agree. You know, it, it, a statistical anomaly, not over a period of forty years. Uh, uh, I think you can call that a pretty much of a trend at that point. Yeah, a trend that predates uh, the current administration. Yeah, and, and and numerous other ones before this one. Uh, I don't know what the answer. If, if we knew the answer to this, we'd be work, somebody would be hiring us. <laughs> and no uh, one's no one's eager to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's never going to happen. But it, it is, it, and to kind of, and we've talked about this before. The other thing is that the guys that they do manage to get to the big leagues and 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 are semi-effective they never seem to get any better once they get to the big leagues they don't seem with you know with some rare exceptions johnny quaida you know you know there, there's always going to be a, a you know a, an outlier but you know most of the guys they get when they get to the big leagues that's as good as they're going to be it seems to me yeah quaida was the only uh, yeah I and mean, hopefully castillo will be too right um you know but but I mean, when you can count the Reds' developed starting pitching in your memory on one hand, you know, their outstanding starting pitchers, 
that they developed on one hand, you know, for as long as you can think back, that shows that there's an organizational problem. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, Jeff Brantley and Chris Welsh both went on little mini rants in the last couple of weeks of the season about just this topic, about uh, what you said, never seeming to get better once they uh, get to the upper levels of the organization. And uh, it's it's discouraging. And I have to think that at some point, I mean, you can't just say, well, bad luck, because there's just been so many uh, so many pitchers come through that it's, it's way more than a, a, what Aaron called a statistical anomaly. What is the organizational issue? That's where I don't know that we can give a great answer. Uh, you know, is right. it coaching at the lower levels of the minor leagues or is it uh, at the higher levels? Is it some kind of training they do? Is it something that they're teaching the pitchers? Is it yeah, something biomechanical that uh, they're not picking up on in the pitch? You know, I don't know. There's a million different things that could go into it. Is, it, is it the kind of guys that they're drafting? Is it the Exactly. The guys that they're targeting um, in trades and in draft and in international signing. So, um I can say this, that I have been told, um, I guess off the record by, but, uh, so maybe I shouldn't say it, but, um, well, nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. You and I, that's true. My mom, my mom's the only other listener. She's not going to tell anyone. Um, the, the front office is aware of the fact that there appears to be a problem in the development of pitchers, I guess. And, uh, I am confident. I don't know whether they're going to find an answer, but I'm confident that they're trying to find one, that they understand it's an issue and they're trying to figure out what they can change. Um, and I've not been one to defend the front office much lately uh, in this organization. And so, but that's one area where I think, you know, they're trying. How could they, you? What's that? How could you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, defend this front office. <laughs> what are you so upset about? They've only lost more than 90 games for four plus four seasons in a row, Bill. What's, what's the big deal? Has it only been four? Only four with more than <laughs> more than 90. Oh, before we it get into our, long. Oh my gosh, terrible. Um, just, just terrible. And and the next question that I uh, am going to get from a listener, right? Listener mail is that what you decided we needed to call this? Viewer I mail. It's viewer mail because I'm viewing the email right now. Um, it's about ownership, and I think it's going to. This question is informed by the fact that. Well, let me ask the question, and then I'll get say I'll get start giving my answer. From John you really Juan. Should, you really should give the question before you give the answer. I don't understand how this viewer mail works. I'm confused. <laughs> there he goes again. Um, there he again. <laughs> you know, about three times a week, just randomly, I'll, I'll tweet something on Twitter. That's where I tweet things, on Twitter.com. And somebody will reply to me and just and say nothing other than, there he goes again. <laughs> I'm like, well, somebody's listening. Um, I guess I got a catchphrase. It's, huh? your, it's your catchphrase for uh, for Red Leg Nation Radio. John Juan wrote to us uh, at Chad Dotson at RedLegNation.com, as you can, and said, uh, I've always turned to Red Leg Nation and, uh, and uh, he identified me specifically as uh, for, the, for the optimism. And it's true. I've been pretty optimistic until very recently. I understand the negativity, but I'm confused about the depression. Yes, we have a bad owner. But as Reds fans, I think we've endured worse in recent memory. Number one, Marge Schott, an extreme racist who didn't believe in having a scouting department and settled a contract dispute with Cal Daniels by literally flipping a coin. Number two, Carl Lindner, who would not spend a dime more than he had to on the team. And the one time he did, he gave us Eric Milton. So yes, Castellini is a bad owner. Things are sort of bad for fans. But my question is, what makes these times different from the Schott and Lindner eras in terms of depth of depression? Um, if we endured the losing eras of such incompetence, is this so much worse? <sighs> John, it's a good question. It's a really good question. It's something I've thought a lot about recently. Do you want to take a stab at it first? Or you want me to go ahead and jump in? Well, well, first, first thing I would say is that at least at some periods in the March shot area, they won. A world championship goes a long way. Yes, it does. Um, um I, 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 and, and I mean, to me, you look at the at the the. I mean, it all comes down to how many ball games you win. And and this 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 the 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 Castellini era is almost unprecedented in Reds history for futility. Yes, it's been, it's been a long time since they've been this bad for this long. Since the Great Depression, in fact. Speaking of the yeah. word depression. Yeah, yeah. and, the, and the, other thing, the other thing, the other thing I would say is, uh, the you know, those 
Margaret, they were not, the ownership was not as adamant about what they were going to accomplish, what their, what their goal and mission was, as Castellini was when he, when he, I mean, he was adamant. Yes. And ain't come to pass. It hasn't. No, I, th- I think that's a, a good way to frame it. Um, Marge shot, I think Marge shot, she, you know, nickel and dimed uh, everywhere she could, and she was a huge embarrassment for the uh, city off yep. the field in a lot of ways, but she won, they won a world series during her tenure. And, you know, okay. Uh, I'm not going to say anything positive about shot here, but if Castellini had won a world series, the, these last four or five seasons would have been much easier to endure. Okay. And not that it's all on Castellini that they didn't win in their last, when they were competitive last time from 2010 to 2013, Carl Lindner, uh, great guy by all accounts. The guy spent more money, uh, philanthropically in Cincinnati than just about anyone. Um, he and his family and, uh, but he, he, he wouldn't, he would not spend on, on the reds. He just wouldn't. Um, he wasn't an activist owner like, uh, Castellini, but he just was will. He was not a good owner. Might've been a great guy. Certainly did some great things for the city. Not a great baseball owner. I think you can separate those with Castellini. He did. He came in in 2006 and I wrote about this for Cincinnati Magazine earlier in the year because I, I went back and looked at those promises. They wrote a letter to the fans, an open letter to the fans, and, and a lot of promises. And ha- it, with the exception of maybe one of those promises, they've just completely failed on all of the rest of them. And so I think part of the reason why we're so depressed uh, right now as compared to those other eras is that we saw a little hint that they were getting better. And then it wasn't just that they got worse. They've lost 90 games. Each of the last, 90 plus games, each of the last four seasons. And, and they're going the wrong direction. They lost 94 the last two years and lost 95 this year. And what, for me, the depression is because they started a, a rebuilding process at around the same time that the Braves did and the Phillies did. And um, I, I've looked at the, uh, you know, the Brewers rebuilding process. There were a couple years before the Reds, but, uh, or maybe a year before they started. Um, and this was the year where, in everyone else's rebuilding process of this recent group, they turned the corner. The Braves turned the corner big time. They made the playoffs. Uh, the Brewers really was at this place last winter when they went all in. Uh, signed Lorenzo Cain, traded for Christian Yelich. And I see the Reds at the same time these other teams are turning the corner on their rebuilds, getting worse. And I think that's the frustration, um, that they've just gone through the four – worst seasons this franchise has had since the 1930s and well now they lost now they lost 100 games in the 80s in the early 80s they did but that was like that was like for two years right and then rebound i think it's like let me 80- ask you a question let me oh, ask you a okay, question sure you, you need to email it to me or i won't answer it i don't know how to email i'm a little <laughs> oh here we go there he goes again oh uh, there he goes again uh <laughs> Just a couple of weeks ago, you said, despite the record, this team has improved. Are you backtracking off that? No, 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 absolutely not. I think that. Okay. I think there was definite. The record. So you're saying, have, what you're saying is by their record, they're worse. It just it, It's depressing because they're not getting any better on the field. Okay. I think okay. you could parse it out and see they made progress this area, that area. I do think the offense is in, a, in good shape. And I think that if they go out this winter and go all in. I think that I'm probably going to be right back on that optimistic side again because I think they can have a competitive team next year. But if they go out and their big free agent signings are to extend Scooter Jeanette, and not that I have a problem with extending Scooter Jeanette, I'm just saying if these are the only things they do are extend Scooter Jeanette and sign Matt Harvey to a four-year contract, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm just, I mean, we'll still talk well, about the rest. If they sign any pitcher to a four-year contract, I'm not going to be happy. I can tell you that. I don't care who it is. Unless it's Clayton Kershaw. I still wouldn't be happy. I know, I know. There are there are a few that I would, but I'm just saying. I think they're going to sign. Let, 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 so our, our, let, let's move into the pitching real. Let, let's move into the, the pitching real quick before we move on to something else. The the the, uh, the 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 Williams article that Fay wrote, and you guys talked touch. You know, you guys talked about this last week, where he, he said, you know, the, the the spending was going to go up significantly, but it only goes so far. I mean, they're already downplaying expectations. They are. I mean, 
they're, they're, you know, they're telling, well, you know, you can expect this to be different, but it isn't going to be a whole lot different. And that was the quote from Dick Williams, which is that we're going to spend, uh, have significantly more available to spend on pitching right. this winter. But then he quickly said, but, you know, don't expect too much. But he said it only goes so far. It only, go, it only goes so far. Right. I mean, so, you know, and I guess my question is, what's a reasonable, what would be a reasonable expectation? I know, you know, you guys were talking about Corbin and, and uh, what's the other guy? Dallas uh, Keuchel. 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 You, you and I both know the Reds aren't going to get either one of the two best free agents. We what? know that. Why? Why do we know that? A, why would they want to come pitch for a team that's losing 90 ball games a year and pitching in a small ballpark? Because the money's right. You think the Reds are going to outspend everybody in baseball? If they don't. Especially I didn't for, ask you if they don't. I said, do you believe the Reds will, to, uh, will try to outspend everybody in baseball? Well, I'm not going to bet the ranch on it, but what I'm saying is, are they a big league organization or not? If they are, they should be bidding on the best players if that's who they need. There's no reason. that They can't claim to me. This is a billion-dollar organization. Billion-dollar It goes up every year. Every single year. You cannot tell me. I know it's easy for me to spend Castellini's money, but if he's serious about competing like he says he is, He's not going to lose money on any deal that he gives a pitcher in the offseason. Yes, they should absolutely be in the mix for the best free agents. Now, Keuchel, I think, throws ground balls. That's a guy I'll look at. I'm not sure about Corbin's profile, but if he fits in, you're going to have to find guys that throw ground balls because Great American Ballpark, as you just said, is uh, could work against you. But if you can identify those guys, I don't think there should – now, I, I don't know that it will be – like this, but I don't think there should be any kind of a ceiling just because you have to outbid everybody else. Because the Reds are one of the only 30 major league teams in the world. If they can't compete on a playing field for players with other teams, then why are we even wasting our time? So well, there's, there's a good question. <laughs> really? I mean, let's go watch FC Cincinnati. Yeah, then you can you put money in Linder's po- another Linder's another pocket. Another pocket. Yeah, the winner that's a winner. Uh, let me ask you a question about about these pitchers. And I'm not just talking these two. I'm talking about the whole list that I've seen, you know, the next level guys, the Gio Gonzalez's and the Miley's. And, yeah. What would be the top age you would look at for, for a guy you'd bring in? If you're going to sign, I, I don't think you're going to get one of these guys for less than a three-year deal. Yeah, I don't think so. And, and, and probably, like you said, it'll probably have to be a four, which I'll hate. Yeah, I, I agree. It's tough to sign a pitcher of that, just the way the nature of pitching. I mean, you know, would you sign a 32-year-old guy Yeah. to a four-year deal? Yes. Would you? Depending. What's the injury history look like? Um, you know, what's the what's the profile? Is he a good bet to, to be a good pitcher in Great American Ballpark? But if, injury, if the injury history is not that bad and he has a demonstrated level of success – and uh, this is a guy that we think can be uh, effective in Great American Ballpark for the next three, four years. Yeah, yeah, I do it. I think it all depends on the pitcher. Am I going to go sign, you know, Matt Harvey for four I years? Hope I'm, wrong. I'm hope I'm wrong, but I tell you what, they aren't going to sign one of these one of these big names. I I just I don't I don't think they'd want to come here. I mean, this is an organization that has not proven that they're making. You know, and of course, neither in Milwaukee and people went there. That's what but, I'm saying. If you, if you if money talks, and they may have to overpay, well, you, have to, you have to change the belief in the in the in the franchise. Uh, and and you know, and, and I'm making comparison to the Bengals. You know, there were years and years where you couldn't get a free engine to even look at the Bengals because of the you know the mindset of the way the franchise was run. But see, and you had to change the perception. But there's a difference to me in how I'm going to judge this uh, management team. There's a difference to me in well, they can't couldn't convince a player to come here versus they didn't go all in to try to. You know, a guy may decide, no matter what the money is, that he didn't want to come to Cincinnati. And if that's the case, what are you going to do? You know, that's something you're not going to change overnight. But if the Reds aren't actively trying to pursue the very best pitchers available, that's where I've got a problem. And I actually, again, maybe this is just me being overly optimistic. I'm trying for you, John. Um, I have to think they're going to be in on these guys. And the reason why... I say that is because I think that this fan base is right on the precipice of just giving up. 
Um, and, and it's the attendance this year was the lowest since 1984. You've got, yep. you've got a full generation, maybe even two generations of Reds fans who don't know anything about a winning Reds teams. Um, and, and I worry about the, whether the fan base is still the fan base that it once was because it's just, it's not most of the, you know, people under age 40 have not experienced the, a winning team really. So I think if they don't go all in right now, I think this is the off season. If they come back next year and lose 90 games, this franchise is done until, until they figure out a way to put a winner on the field. But I think they, they've lost all the casual fans uh, and a lot of the hardcore fans are going to start drifting away. That's, that's my opinion. That's, well, why, I, know, that's why I think there's going to be a lot. More, there'll be a lot more competition next year as, as FC Cincinnati moves into the MSL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, MLS, but, um, yeah. That's why I think oh, that. Excuse me. Come on, man. Just soccer hit. Come on, man. Tottenham Hotspur. Um, that's why I think they've got to go all in this offseason. I think it's important, not just you know because they're at a point in the rebuild where it's, I think they are, where they can. Of course, I thought that last season, where they can really become competitive if they go all in. But also just because I think PR wise, it's going to be an utter disaster if they don't do it right now. If they do it right now and get a, get some guys in here, I think you can sort of change the narrative a little bit. But they've got to make some visible moves like the Brewers did last offseason. Uh, the Reds should have gone out and gotten Christian. You're saying their backs, their backs against the wall. I think so, and I've got to think Castellini understands that. Don't you think? I don't know. I don't, I, yeah. I, I don't know what he understands. I mean, you know, he's there, there have been so many – moves that this team has made that you can't explain curious that, that you have to question whether they understand how to how to be competitive well if there's if there's no action this winter or the only action is uh, signing harvey and, and scooter man i just I, I don't know i don't know that i can why should i waste my time certainly my dollar well i i can tell you that i'm not going to be happy if they bring matt harvey back I don't. I don't care if they sign him as a five. It's not changing the culture. He. What are you talking about? He. Uh, he brought the winning vibe with him. That's what we heard when they refused to trade him at the trade deadline. Yeah. Winning vibe, man. Matt Harvey. How'd that go? How'd that go in September and August? I actually. I don't mind if they sign Harvey. I, I don't. If he's the number four guy or number five guy, whatever. I don't mind you bringing the guy back. Um, he yeah, I know you guys were talking about that last week, and I just disagree. I think it sends the wrong message. It sends the message that that that's that's you know that, that everything's you know, groovy that we you know we're on the same you know I yeah I mean I get uh, it it goes back, goes back to, again it goes back and I've talked about this before to something Chris Welsh talked about it and turning the it's talked it just turning the roster over yeah no absolutely that's one thing the Brewers Changing did perception, you know? the Brewers turned over like twenty two out of their twenty five guys on their roster in like two years. Philadelphia turned over like 23 out of 25 in a year. Right. I mean, something like that. I mean, you know, some crazy number that I saw that night when they were playing the Phillies. And the Phillies ended up uh, poorly in the second half, but they, they made a big step forward this year. And the Brewers, of course, had the best direct tie for the best record in the National League. They've got home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So um, that can be the Reds. <laughs> and, and two years ago, when I, when I went to, when we went up to Milwaukee on that, on that road trip, we were in the same. We, I mean, we were fighting for the last place in the division. Yep, they were right there with us. Who, what's the name and of? Good luck to my. Good luck to all my Milwaukee fan and friends that we made up there that weekend. They, it was a good time. It's a, it a nice place to watch a ballpark, ball game, and, and nice people. Who's the Who's the owner of the Milwaukee Brewers? I do not know exactly. I mean, you know. Um, there's, there's no reason the Reds can't. I'm not expecting them to be have the best record in the National League next year, but there's no reason they can't do what the Brewers did last offseason, which is identify the holes. And we already know what the holes are. They're pitching. Identify the holes and go fill them. And if, you know what? It may take trading a bunch of prospects like the Brewers did for Christian Yelich. And you know what? It may take spending a lot of money on a free agent like they did with Lorenzo Cain. But you tell me why Milwaukee can do it and Cincinnati can't. There's, there's absolutely no reason. Milwaukee's not some big market franchise. So if when I say that about Harvey, though, to circle back around, I'm okay with the Reds signing Harvey, but if he's the only pitcher they sign, I'm out, man. 
I'm out. No optimism from me. So anyway, let's get. Why don't we get to the the topic we really had planned to talk about on this podcast? Thanks to all the questions on the viewer mail portion. We got one more because it leads into our topic of the day, which is this managerial search. You ready to talk about that, Bill? Yeah, I kind of am. I mean, I I don't know that I have a an opinion or a, a favorite or yeah. But there's an interesting uh, search going on right now, and let me just uh, catch everyone up on the news. Uh, the Reds, of course, are in the midst of this uh, search for manager. And, you know, i, I got to go find all the people back in July who said the Reds should have hired uh, Jim Riggleman back in July, giving him the permanent job, um, because the Reds are doing including, what... Including Marty Brenneman. Yeah, 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 a lot of people. I, I used to... Oh, i got so many tweets and emails about that. And, uh, and Riggleman, of course, is still... A candidate. He's been interviewed, but the Reds are doing what they said they were going to do back at that time, and they're doing what I said here on the podcast at that time that they needed to do, which is to do just a, a full search for manager, uh, including external candidates. And it's the first time they've ha- interviewed any external candidates since they signed, uh, since they hired Bob Boone. Of course, that time they hired the wrong external candidate, but they've they've uh, interviewed a bunch of uh, internal candidates as well. Uh, Jim Riggleman, of course, the interim manager, has been interviewed. John Farrell who has been a scout for the last year for the Reds and uh, also uh, won a World Series for the uh, with the Boston Red Sox. The Reds also have interviewed coaches Billy Hatcher, Pat Kelly, and Freddie Benavides. And the Reds have begun... Who I think manager to Dayton Dragons at one time. Yeah, yeah he's had, he, uh, I think he managed lower than that as well. Um, so um, he's been in the organization a while. Uh, and, of course, was drafted by the organization years and years ago. I guess not drafted, but signed as an international uh, free agent. But anyway, they're in the process of interviewing uh, some external candidates now as well, uh, including uh, Joe Girardi, David Bell. Of course, Girardi, former Yankees manager, David Bell, who was a manager in the Reds organization for a while. He's been a bench coach. He's with the Giants organization now. Um, and then Brad Osmus, who was a uh, most recently with the Detroit Tigers as a manager. And uh, I think Brad Osmus, uh, several years, won the Most Handsome Manager of the Year Award. What do you think about that? Well, I've never been a manager, so that's why he won that. Exactly. You weren't in the competition. <laughs> so um, well, I, I, you, you said you said that you know, and, and I know we've said this, but you said this before that the Reds have never had a search since since Bob Boone. But I read somewhere today, and I can't even remember where the heck I read it now. Uh, that John Farrell interviewed with the Reds when they hired Dusty Baker. Interesting. I had I'd never heard that. I was told that Baker was the only person they hired. That they knew that's who they wanted. I'm just, the only person they hired. I think I must have read this. I must have read this in the Enquirer somewhere today, or because that's where I've been kind of tooling around today. But I, I did read that somewhere today that he interviewed when they hired Dusty Baker. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. Um, so, but the ones they have interviewed, though, I guess uh, Girardi and uh, Farrell, uh, who is technically an internal candidate, I guess, but you know, I'm, I, he's he's sort of external as well. Um, those guys have won World Series. Of course, uh, Brad Ausmus though was with the Tigers when they uh, had a pretty good run there for a few seasons. Um, he's now a special assistant to the general manager in uh, Los Angeles with the Angels. So. Uh, to me, it's a pretty interesting uh, group, I guess. I'm glad they're going outside uh, the organization to interview people. But that leads into the final question from our viewer mail segment. And it's from Josh Olson. Josh emailed me. Uh, Josh from Mason emailed and uh, asked, It seems like a lot of the uh, posters at Red Leg Nation are really jockeying for a new manager outside the organization, which I understand why. New point of view, new ideas, less groupthink, etc. I also understand why people like and dislike Riggleman, but I guess my question is, do you really think a manager is going to make that big of a difference? It's always been my opinion the manager is more of an ego or personality guy than someone who makes real tough decisions, given there are really only bunt steel and pitching change. Uh, lineup construction, but that doesn't matter too much. Uh, also, I'm not really sure why people are so excited about interviewing guys like, uh, of course, Buck Showalter was not mentioned yet as an interview, but he was recently fired by Baltimore. Uh, Joe Girardi, John Farrell, all those guys are cut from the same cloth as Riggleman. Two years ago, Buck was roasted for not bringing in Zach Britton. Yeah, that was bad. Girardi was fired for not interacting with the younger players, which I believe is true. And if I'm not mistaken, Farrell had bullpen management issues as well. Maybe. I don't know. So who would you choose if you were able to select a new manager and why? That's uh, Josh's question. Thank you for the question, Josh. Um, and that's really all, all, all the questions we want to 
talk about here with these uh, this, this managerial search. What what are your what are your thoughts on? Do you, do you have a thought on who you would prefer they they hire? Well, another name popped up late this or this afternoon. The the Reds have contacted Eduardo Perez. Yes, that's right. Thank you. I meant to mention that. And, but but it's it's kind of strange. It says they contacted him, but he's not currently scheduled to come in for an interview. Yeah. Yeah. What awful. the hell does that mean? I don't know. Does that mean he's not interested in the job? I mean, why contact a guy if you're if, if you're not going to invite him in for an interview? What? I guess I'm. I, what am I missing? Mm, he either turned him down for an interview, which is interesting, and he leaked it because I don't know why the Reds would leak it. Here's a guy that refused to interview with us. Yeah. Or they're having trouble scheduling time for an interview. And maybe something got uh, you know uh, shuffled up in the mail or something. I don't know. But uh, let, let me ask you. Another, let me ask you. Well, and the other thing is, after the way his dad was treated by this organization, uh, do you think those uh, wounds have healed a little bit since? Uh, you know, I think they probably have with Tony. I don't know if they have with his son. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. You know, I would have. I would. I would probably have a, a harder time getting over somebody that screwed my dad than he does. Yeah, that could be true. Could be true. And of course, you're talking about uh, um, Tony finally getting a chance to manage. Uh, and being fired after 44 games, but different different ownership, different management group than there was then. So yep, I don't know. But same same franchise. Let me ask you another question. And and, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to what we were talking about in a minute here. But the Reds interviewed other than Riggleman, they interviewed their in-house candidates, the guys on the coaching staff, the weekend before the season ended. During the season. Two questions. One is, why not wait till the season's over? And what kind of light does that put your manager in when you're when you're interviewing guys for his job that work for him? I think I don't understand the Reds' thinking. Why wouldn't they have waited a few days? Now, the way Did they I, not want to pay to stay in town after the season was over. The way I took it was that let's these let's give these interviews as a uh, you know formality. These guys have been loyal foot soldiers. Let's give them their interview, but then we'll get to the serious candidates. That's the way I took it. I, I, I don't disagree with that, but that still doesn't answer the question why you would do it before the season ended and why you would do it before you interviewed the guy that has the job now. I don't know. I, don't, I can't say that I thought about that. Uh, I, to me, it's just let's go ahead and get them out of the way while they're still here, and then we'll move on to the real search. And, you know, but okay, before- in terms of doing it before Riggleman, eh. Riggleman's sort of in the same boat as the rest of those guys. He was the interim manager. He's I mean, not really. He, he was never hired as manager. Yeah, I know, but I, I just think it's pretty crappy. Um, um, well, you look, and, now you and I were talking. We were talking awful, you know, before you know, we were texting back and forth on when these articles were in, popping up in the paper. And and one of the things that that the front office said was, doesn't think they're going to be thinking outside the box. That's actually. I don't really point, know. Yeah. I don't really know what that means, and I, I you know, we and we kind of neither one of us really kind of un, could figure out what they would mean by outside the box. Would Perez be outside the box? Maybe he's got some coaching experience, but no managerial experience. You know, when, when I'm thinking outside the box, I'm thinking like you guys were talking about a little bit last week with with Aaron Boone. That would be outside the box, something like that. And that's a very similar situation to Eduardo. Yeah. You know, a broadcaster. But at least he's working in play, but he's working in a front office now, I think, isn't he? Uh, maybe. I don't even know what he's doing these days. I know he's a broadcaster for a while, and uh, but he's, yeah. he's never been a manager. So um, that, that maybe yeah. I, you and I were talking, and I, I still am not entirely sure what outside the box is, other than maybe an Aaron Boone type with no managerial experience. And yeah. I don't know why you would publicly announce that you're going to exclude anyone from the process. You're trying to find the best guy. If the best available managerial candidate is a guy that's never managed before, then hire the guy. But I, you know, I don't even really know what that means. Um, let me ask you about this rumor. Before so, we, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. This rumor um, about the manager, before we talk about who our favorites are, or talk a little more seriously about some of the candidates, uh, was told today that it was reported by uh, Bob Nightingale senior, not the, not the younger one that, uh, works for the Enquirer now, that the favorite is John Farrell. I don't, I don't know how he can report this without all the candidates having been interviewed. I don't think they've all been interviewed yet, have they? Um, 
John Farrell's the favorite with Riggleman staying on as bench coach. <laughs> Riggleman staying on. I don't care in what capacity. Makes no sense to me. No. We got to go a new direction. He's been here these well, last. Yeah, and you know what is what is that smell of? Ownership. This exactly the same thing we've seen with all this other where nobody fails in this organization. They don't get fired. They get promoted. Um, yeah, I, and I was going to bring that up. I, it was, that was in my notes too. And you guys talked about that about about that a little bit last week. All these rents, recent internal promotions. What did they do to get promoted? We're losing ninety games a year. And, and nobody coming up from the minor leagues is excelling. I won't say nobody, but very few. Yeah. I don't have an answer for that one. Um, but it goes back to uh, J- Josh's question a moment ago in terms of uh, old school. Some of these guys are old school, and I, I don't want an old school guy necessarily. Um, an old school guy that's learned, maybe. That's, you know, I wouldn't have wanted Clint Hurdle a few years ago like the Pirates did, and he's decided to succumb to the analytics and – um, he's done a pretty good job. Uh, when I saw what Riggleman said last week, or over the weekend, I guess, it made me think, oh, I don't want this guy anywhere near the organization. And uh, one of the things he says was, well, you know, I'm not entirely sure that we need new pitchers. You know, maybe it's not the personnel. Maybe it's just that we need their our approach. We need to change our approach. He literally said, maybe it's not the personnel on the pitching side. Maybe we just need to approach the way we attack hitters differently. Is that the I don't know what ins- the hell game he's watching. Is that the most insane thing you've ever heard? It's well, the, see that would have got your name scratched off my list right there. If you if he'd have said that to me in an interview, I'd have watched it. I'd let him watch me scratch his name off the list. <laughs> right? Yeah. Make sure he saw it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, do do you have a do you think there should be a, like a target age? No. That you're looking for? Not to me. I mean, all these guys are in their late late 40s, mid to late 40s, early 50s. Farrell's 55. I don't know. I don't know how old Riggleman is. I didn't look him up, but you know, Bell's 46. Osmus is 49. Girardi's 52. To me, it's not the age. I don't think old school refers to age in this circumstance as much I, as I agree. as it refers to the your outlook on the game. But the only thing I wonder about age is relating to the players. Yeah, could be. It's a different group of players uh, these these days that have come up with the analytics in a lot of ways. Um, in organizations that actually have used them. Well, you've got to have, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to talk about that moment when we talk a little bit more about David Bell. Um, I don't really have a favorite for who I want because the Reds have conducted these extensive interviews. I mean, each of these interviews are like all day long. Um, and, they're you know, they're going – through a number of things. I don't know what was said. I don't know. I don't really have a favorite for the job because I don't have enough insight into their thinking for most of them. But if you go to redlegnation.com and check out uh, Steve Mancuso's piece uh, from today about uh, about David Bell, one of the candidates, it, it really hits on some of the things that I think they got to be looking for at least. You need a guy who is open to analytics, whatever his age is. Whatever his background is, he got to be open to the, the way things are now in baseball and also has to have an ability to communicate that to the players um, and really needs to be on the same page as the front office. I don't like a guy like Jim Riggleman because, not because he's old school as much, as because he's buds with the uh, owner who comes down to the office, as he told us, and gives him strategic advice. And if he sticks, stays on the, as the bench coach, to me, I don't care who they hire. It's the same old, same old Reds, you know, Let's keep him around. It, 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 it kind of reminds me of Kevin Bacon in Animal House. You know, all is well. <laughs> all is well. Especially if they hire Farrell, who I don't have any reason to dislike Farrell. I don't know enough about him to know if he's, you know, open to to the changing nature of baseball. Um, I know he had some success and he had some failure with uh, with Boston. And there were reasons he was pushed out of town. But if he's hired a guy that's really been sort of in the Walt Jockety role, as an advisor for the last year with the Reds. And uh, he's got Jim, Jim Riggleman sticks around right beside him, who's a buddy of the owner and who is absolutely old school. To me, it does say, it does say we're not serious about going all in. We, you know, well, to me, I would have to believe that Farrell's also tight with ownership or he wouldn't be in the position he's in. Well, I don't know it for a fact, but I 
given the where he's what he's been doing the last year, I would not be surprised. And if it's those two, then to me, I just I would lose any hope measure of optimism I guess that I had for the, this chance to really make a break and hire a guy that uh, can really help bring change about in this organization on the field by uh, by working with the front office I agree with you I mean for that reason alone I would disqualify Farrell anybody that's close you, to the owner need, I'm worried about now break. absolutely a clean break and it's why David Bell actually is a, a very interesting candidate because david bell of course is a sort of a a cincinnati lifer in a lot of ways he never played for the reds but uh his grandfather did gus bell his dad did buddy bell Uh, i think he went to moeller i think uh david bell went to moeller high school Um, yes he did played 12 years in the big leagues and uh managed in the reds organization and uh See, he, he retired as a player. He's 45 years old now, managed at uh, AA for the Reds in Carolina and then uh, the Louisville Bats in 2012. Then he went over to the Cubs, where Theo Epstein hired him. Um, he was their third base coach. And uh, then the year after that, the Cardinals named him their hitting coach and uh, and then became bench coach after that. So he spent uh, four years on the Cardinals bench. And then last Three year... Three years as bench coach. Three years as a bench coach, right? And then, so he's had managerial experience in the minors and then bench coach in the majors, hitting coach in the majors. And uh, last year, he moved to the Giants. He was the Giants' vice president of player development, whatever that is. But to me, it's a guy with Cincinnati roots, so he fits, you know, you know they always love. Cincinnati loves their own guys. Um, so he could fit. He's younger, so he can uh, relate to players. And... Go read the article that Steve wrote for Red Leg Nation because it's got a lot of quotes from David Bell that, uh, you know, about how he relates to young players and about how he's excited about utilizing all the information that's available now. And he said, if, if we don't access, utilize, and implement that information, we're going to fall behind. And he really went on and on and on in some of these quotes uh, from the San Francisco Chronicle and then from uh, theathletic.com about, uh, you know, everything that, that, goes into analytics-based managing. And I was really, I'm not saying that I, I'm advocating for Bell to be the manager because I just don't know enough information about all the all the candidates. But what he said publicly gives me hope. Is that, is that a good way to put it? That, that, that the Reds yeah, are the, identifying the, 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 guys. The way I, yeah, go ahead. The way I was going to say it is the, the more I read about him, the more interesting I, 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 I find him. Yeah. Um. You know, in, in comparison to kind of, you know, everybody, Girardi had some great years, but they were with the Yankees. This ain't going to be the, this ain't going to be like managing the Yankees. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so in good ways and bad, uh, you know, a little different. Well, I'm just talking about in terms of payroll and, and you know, yeah. mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and honestly, I, I, you know, I looked at Osmus' record and stuff in Detroit, and, and, but that's really about all I know about him. He's, uh, he's handsome. But yeah, well, you know, he's dreamy. That's because people are going to start wondering about you, man. Buddy, they can wonder well, whatever they many, want. Many of us already wonder about you, <laughs> but in all, different ways. That's all right. Um, you know, like I said, you know, they're talking about having this wrapped up by the end of the month, and I didn't think they were supposed to do any of this stuff once the World Series starts. Uh, so they're either going to have to hurry or they're going to be sitting on their hands. Um, and, and like you said, the, the, the more we read about Bell and, you know, and, and he's the only one that's that, you know, that I've seen anything uh, publicly, you know, talking about the, you know, future and the way he looks at things. I haven't seen anything from Osmus or Girardi or Farrell or any of these others. We know that we know what you get, you know, to me, I would eliminate everybody with a present, connection to this organization well Well, it's fair or not fair i don't care i would bell has a connection to this organization they have not a current connection i mean i mean right now well buddy his dad works for the reds right now that has the last couple years yeah it's not the same that's not what i mean you're you're, you're picking and i'm trying i'm (laughs) trying to i'm trying to catch you here trying to play gotcha Um, you know and he's a little younger 
than these other guys. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. I don't think that hurts. Right. I agree. Um, it's sort of similar to, to Boone, but, a guy with a, a pretty good big league career that's still not too far out of yeah. the dugout. Except, except he's got more. Oh yeah, much coaching more. And, and you know, I don't think I don't think Aaron had ever done anything other than broadcasting. Had he when when the Yankees picked him up? Had he ever coached anywhere? Oh no, 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 no. That's that's an advantage that Bell has over over. But they're sort of the same yeah. age and you know the same amount of time yeah. removed from playing. So, so he, he's you interesting. Know, this is going to shake. You know, this is going to shake out, and, and I think. You know, this is going to tell us a lot about what they're going to do in the offseason. If they go with somebody inside with Farrell or Riggleman, or Farrell with Riggleman, you're, you can pretty much be assured it's going to be more of the same, Yeah, I think. If it's Farrell and if Riggleman, they, oh, no. But Bell if is, it's Farrell and Riggleman, I will not be in the ballpark next year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but a guy like Bell, and again, I'm not saying Bell's the right guy. I don't know that he is. The rest of these guys might be saying these exact same things as far as I know. Um, but if it's a guy like Bell, right. it at least gives me some hope that we're going to see something different about the way the Reds have approached uh, the, the team on the field next year. Now, now saying that, and I, and I agree with what you're saying, we also said the same thing about Brian Price. We were hearing things – you know, things a little different, blah, blah, blah. You know, we thought we were going to get something a little different, and that didn't work out too well. That didn't, did it? And not now, not that all of it was Brian Price's fault. Right. He didn't but, help, but it wasn't all his fault. Yeah. You're the captain of the ship. You're responsible for the ship. <laughs> yeah. Well, the ship owner needs to do a better job of building a ship. Yeah. It can't have holes in the bottom. Exactly. Well, one of the quotes from David Bell before we get off Bell um, that I thought was really interesting, and Steve picked up on it, uh, it was this. Let's see if I can find Okay, I know, uh, talking about analytics and uh, how, how he hoped that it would be utilized with the Giants, how much he used that information, all that, with St. Louis, and then how he planned to utilize it with the Giants. And he said, I know it's going to be used a lot. I've taken a real interest over the last four or five years in learning and researching and asking questions. I have a lot to learn still, but I certainly see it as an amazing tool that can open our minds up to new ways of teaching, new ways of seeing the game. Now, here's the quote that I think is interesting. Up until five years ago, I really didn't know much about it. Fortunately, over the last five years, I was in a position where I uh, looked to be the point person to ask questions and get information and supply that information to front office and staff for players. Tremendous learning experience. So do you know why that stands out to me? Up until five years ago, I didn't know much about analytics. You know what happened five years ago for David Bell? He left the Reds organization. Yeah. And went to the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Giants that utilize all this information. Oh, that hurts my head. Well, but look, let's flip that thought a minute, though. Now they're looking at bringing him back. Mm-hmm. Maybe that means that was almost a positive thought coming out of my mouth. No, I think that's absolutely correct, though. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's huge that they're bringing a guy uh, who has some history with the organization, but a guy that's been some places that utilize this stuff heavily. Certainly the Cubs and the Cardinals both are big-time analytics uh, organizations. Um, the Giants are trying to become that, evidently. Um but, uh, yeah, bring a guy like that back in because now you've got a front office that's uh, not hostile to sabermetrics and maybe can work hand-in-hand -hand with a manager that's really interested in all of it. So, And that could be some of these other guys. Again, it's not just David Bell. But David Bell right. being a serious yeah. candidate, to me, is a, a positive. It is a reason to be optimistic. That's not going too far, is it? No, I don't think so. I, you know, like I said, it's, it's – all I can say, like I said earlier – the more I read about him, the more interesting I find him as a candidate. You know, I'd like to see, you know, more information on, on, on what these other guys think, what yeah. Farrell thinks, what Girardi thinks, what Osmus thinks. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're, you know, how, you know whether they embrace the technology, you know, the data availability today, or whether they're hostile to it. I just don't see how you can have a manager 
that's hostile to it. And this day and age, one would hope you're just putting yourself behind I'm, everyone else. You're part of the flat Earth society. Yeah, there's one other guy that I hadn't seen mentioned. You mentioned Eduardo Perez that I forgot to mention uh, as a candidate, but there's one other guy that I haven't seen his name anywhere. But I don't know why the Reds haven't gone out and uh, tried to interview uh, him. And of course, you you know who I'm talking about. Well, I re- I'm retired. Oh well, I wasn't wasn't talking about you, and they have declined my offer to interview for the job as well. Um, I've tried to try to you know weasel my way in to get an interview. No, but the guy I was talking to is why don't you think that just in terms of being a manager that can relate to players that the Reds should consider Luis Alberto Bonilla? No, you're dead to me, Bill Lack. <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> All right, Bill. The season is over um, now. This is our first postseason podcast, and I just want to know if you had any thoughts uh, to sort of wrap up this season and as we go into the offseason. Anything that you – I want to ask you a couple of things. Yeah, let's hear it. Your 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 buddy, your favorite player on the current team – The le- Oh, current team. Billy. Is, is arbitration eligible? Yeah. Do for a site. We'll, we'll probably get it. We'll probably get a sizable raise. What do you do with him if you're the Reds? Yeah, sign him to a seven-year deal. You're, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Listen, how, how many times do I have to tell you? Billy Hamilton is a comic book superhero, and if the Reds don't offer him a long-term contract soon, the Avengers are going to sign him. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> You want to know what I really think they should do? Uh, you didn't see that the, the, the article the other day though that said he's got a new approach this offseason. What, are you going to learn how to hit? How many offseasons have we heard that, though? Come on. Billy's not – I love him. He's my favorite player. He's not going to learn to hit. He's not going to learn to hit. Uh, I have to unload him. I have to get rid of him. Especially just, if they're going to play Senzel in the outfield. Just don't offer there's him. Only, don't, don't there's make, only three spots out there. Don't, you know, don't offer him arbitration. I try to trade him before arbitration, but if I don't, I go to arbitration and then I try to trade him. He's going to get a substantial raise, even though he's been uh, pretty bad. He's going to get a substantial raise in arbitration. He's at the point where he starts to become expensive for a guy that really is probably just a fourth outfielder, a guy that can be useful for a good team. Probably not for a, uh, yeah. but you know what? I think he he's can too be... expensive for a fourth outfielder, though. Well, depends. Do you want a good fourth outfielder? You got to pay for it. If you, if you, okay, if you're the Reds, and you, for you get down to your fourth outfielder, let's let's say you're you know you're looking at let's say let's 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 go out on a dream boat here, and they're going to play Senzel in center field next year. Okay. And you had your fourth outfielder, and you could have Irvin or Hamilton. Who would you take? Billy Hamilton. Would you? I wouldn't. I would. I want the offense. I don't know that you're getting a whole lot more offense out of Philip Irvin, frankly. Um, oh, I don't agree. I, th- I think he. Sh- I think he showed a fair amount in the last month. Okay, well, that's what I call small sample size. Oh, I, I don't disagree. I, I like Irvin. I don't mind Irvin as a fourth outfielder or fifth outfielder. I don't mind having him on your bench. I, I'm, I'm not. I shouldn't criticize Irvin because I think he's a fine backup outfielder. But Billy Hamilton's an elite defensive player and an elite uh, base runner and can really help the team if he's utilized correctly. Do you think, do you think he was an elite base runner this year? I do. I don't think he utilized it to the maximum extent of his abilities. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Hey, you agree with me on something. I got so tired of watching him stand on first base while they bunted him over. That Again, that's why Jim Riggleman shouldn't be nowhere near the dugout. How many times did he try to bunt Billy Hamilton to second base? Well, you know what Chris said. What did Chris? Because Billy wouldn't steal it. Yeah, he Billy because they couldn't get. He was reticent this year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um I don't know. I think one other. I think Billy question, can help a team. One other question, and we can get out of here. Okay, go ahead. Steve, your 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 buddy Robert Stevenson. My buddy Bob Steve. That, is out of options. Hey, you, you were all over him. I know. 
What about him? He's out of op. He's out of options. Yeah. What do they end up doing with him? Trying to run him through waivers after spring training next year. I don't think he's on this team when they go to spring training. Well, yeah, if you can't trade him in the offseason, I'd certainly put him in any kind of package that you're trading for anybody. He would absolutely be included. Um, and he may come back to bite the wrist because he still has all a boatload of talent. But I'm done. I'm ready to give up on him. Let him go try it elsewhere. If some other organization can get it out of him, fine. He's a he's a I'm not gonna say he's a head case, but I just like I said, I just did say that. I don't have any faith that he's ever gonna be an effective major league. He coach. seems like he's got a Homer Bailey mentality. Yeah, but Homer, uh, at a younger age than Stevenson, overcame some of the uh, you know uh, early talk about that and became an effective major league pitcher. Now lately, he has a higher opinion of his ability than the rest of us do, and that's a whole different story. But uh, I just I don't think he's ever going to be a success in Cincinnati. He may still be a good a success somewhere, so he may still have some value. But I think they've got to trade him if they can, and I don't know if they can. Tell my guys that go on somewhere else. To, who was a guy that I saw the other day in a game that I didn't even know he was still in the big Matt Belial? Matt Belial still pitching, man. He was a red like a million years ago. I think that's who it was. What a great career that guy carved out for himself. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have. That's all you've got. Do you have any sort of uh, summing, summation? Oh, actually, I got one more, one, more, one more thing on the managers. Let's do it, man. What, 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 kind of, what kind of contract length do you think they're going to end up agreeing to? I don't know. Three years, probably. That's exactly the number I had in my head. Go three years, and then you know if he's doing well before he gets to that final year, you can extend him out. Something I don't, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, it's not like you got to worry about recruiting like you have to with a college coach, where you got to make sure they've got a sufficient year so that you can convince high school kids to come play for you. So, yeah, I think three years is, and, and it's not like that means anything. It's not like that means anything either. That's true. That's right. That's true. So, so anyway. The 2018 baseball season is over. The Reds finished 67 and 95, narrowly avoiding losing 94 games for the third straight season. Um, yes or no, Bill? Yes or no? 2019, do the Reds have a better record than the 2018 Reds? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Do they. Better question is do the 2019 Reds break 500? And I don't think there's any way to answer that until we see what they do in the offseason. Yep. But if they go out and get two legit pitchers, at least two legit pitchers, I think you're in the neighborhood at that point. I think you can be competitive. I, I heard you guys talking about them bringing in three. I think it was Jason who was talking last week about bringing in three pitchers. There's no way this team brings in three pitchers. I mean, you know, three three names, you know, three guys that have the track record. Well, I think three if one of them is Matt Harvey. Maybe. I don't think if they sign two guys that, that are going to be like the one, two, then they aren't going to sign Harvey. I'm okay with that. I think, I think two is what they need. I've got three other guys that I'm satisfied with at three, four, five in Luis Castillo, Anthony D. Sclafani and Tyler Malley. And then you got this other group that are just fill-ins whenever injury comes, the Cody Reed types, um, you know, uh, Sal Romano's. I'm okay. I'm okay if the Reds just get two guys. They're still going to be a little thin, depending on what injuries happen. But given you know relative good health, I'd be okay if you got Castillo, Discalfani, and Molly as your your three, four, five guys. So, um, but if it's if it's Matt Harvey number one and Luis Castillo number two, so long. I'm done. I'm out. Well, it's you know it's it's the same you know same, playing the same song you know. Mm-hmm. I've never been one of these guys to just say I'm done because we followed the Reds through really awful stretches, but I just can't see giving them the investment that I give them, which is just about every night watching them. If they're not going to try. And this is the winter for them to prove to me that they're serious about becoming a real major league franchise. If they don't care enough to go out and sign some guys, trade for some guys then I'm just not going to care enough to pay attention to them. We'll talk about, we'll, we'll keep with the Red Lake Nation radio, but I don't know what we're going to talk about. It's kind of like the way I, I've gotten, you know, I, I, I help with some political campaigns. I run some political campaigns at times. And and the first thing I always ask a candidate that asks me to help them is, 
how hard are you willing to work? Mm-hmm. I tell them, because I'm not going to work harder than the candidate. Yeah. And this is the same thing. I'm not going to have more invested than the team does. Whoa, you playing some music for us there, Bill Lack? Yeah, that was a little, little Miami Steel drum band. Nice. All right. It's a good way to go there out. Go. Bill, uh, appreciate you. Go down south. <laughs> this... Ooh. There you go. Oh, man, let's go to Key West. <laughs> All right, this is Red Leg Nation Radio. I can't afford to go again right now. Okay, we save up your money. We're going to take Red Leg Nation Radio on the road next year to Key West. There you go. We'll do that. We're going to and we'll record a podcast down there. Absolutely. Um, this is Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number two hundred twenty-nine. You can find us on iTunes everywhere you find podcasts. We're there. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, or uh, where else? Tune in Radio, wherever you find your podcast, we're there. Go uh, leave us a rating and a review, especially at iTunes. Those five star ratings you guys keep leaving are really helpful. Uh, moving up the rankings every week, and a lot of a lot of people finding us. And again, as I always say, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. You can find us at redlegnation.com every single day talking about the Cincinnati Reds as we have since two thousand and five. Gosh, um, Bill, any uh, what is wrong? I know. As our senior correspondent, do you have any final uh, words of wisdom for us? No. (laughs) (laughs) And that just about sums up Red Leg Nation Radio. For Bill Bill Lack, (laughs) David Bell, and Lisa Alberto Bonilla, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.